Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Today we are wrapping up a series that we've, doing in, that we've been doing in the month of September called Stress Out. Um, this month we're going to be, we have been looking at some of the, um, the things and the circumstances that rob us of our joy and they cause us to stress out. And uh, we've been trying to work on how do we get that stress out of our lives. I think it's been a great Great um, series. Our series verse comes out of Luke chapter 21, verse 34. It says this, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing. Your hearts will be made heavy with carousing and drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day, when that happens, it's going to close on you suddenly like a trap. That stress, we, we've learned that stress has a way of weighing us down, and then out of nowhere, it just closes on us like a trap. And the, and the thing about a, a good trap is that it's something that you don't see coming, and, it's gonna, and, it, and it has the potential to close on you and to wound you and to, and to drag you down. We learned that we have to be careful because an unfocused life is going to cause our hearts to be weighed down by all of these different stressors, and before we know it, we're further than we've ever wanted to go, um, and, and we don't know how we got there. And so we've been looking this month at ways to, to get some of that stress out rather than letting a, it let, weigh us down. We want to let some joy in and, and, and work on ways to get that stress out. Week one, we talked about how we can really get in front of our schedules, how we can become masters of our schedules so that our schedules don't master us. Then week two, we talked about how we can live free of the weight and the burdens that cause life to get really heavy. Um, life gets heavy and, and it'll weigh you down if you let it. And then last week, um, I got to apologize, the message did not recorded, so we weren't able to post it online. Um, but last week we talked about financial stress and how um, if we follow God's principles when it comes to finances, we can begin to really get out of that black hole that, that we've find ourselves in sometimes. It wasn't really a giving message. It was a more of, we want to help you get out of some financial stress. Some of that content has been posted on our Facebook page, though, all the points for the message and things like that. If you want to um, follow along that way, that's okay. Um, you can line it up with your message notes, and it'll line up for you good. But today... If you do have your message notes, I encourage you guys to take notes. We, are, we love to be a note-taking church because what you write down, you're going to retain. You're going to remember it. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the number two largest stressor in America. Number one was obviously last week. Number one was finances. And, and number two, the largest stress, or the number two largest stressor in America right now is work-related stress. Not just your job, though, like this is for the stay-at-home mom. This is for the students who are at school. We're just, this is generally talking about your 8 to 5. What do you do 8 to 5? It's, this is the number two stressor in America. And it's causing you stress. I know it is. And if you feel that way, you're in good company. The wisest man, the Bible says, ever live, his name was King Solomon, and he said this about it. He said, Ecclesiastes, in chapter 2, verse 17, he said, 
And so I hated my life. <laughs> like some of you guys have been there. I hated my life. Why? Because work. Because the work. I just, I hated it. I just, uh, the work that's done under the sun, it was grievous to me. It was, it, it, and all of it was meaningless. It just felt like chasing after the wind. And, and, and it just, it was terrible for him. And you know, the, the truth is, it would be great to get rid of work, right? To get rid of some, sometimes we get rid of the stressors that are in our lives, but this isn't really an option because the Bible says if, if you don't work, you don't eat. So we, we have to do that. Um, I want to show you guys, though, some statistics while I was, I found them while I was researching for this message and, and some of them are pretty staggering to me. Um, let me just rattle off some numbers to you. 83% of workers feel stressed about their job percent of workers feel stressed about their job. 25% of workers have felt like screaming or shouting because of their job. Anybody there before scream or shout? Yep, I see a couple hands. Good. Um, 10% of workers are concerned about an individual at work that they fear could become violent. And 14% of workers say, it's me. I, I, I'm the one that I'm worried about is going to become violent. 14% of workers say they felt like striking a coworker in the past year. <laughs> if you're sitting beside them, don't say anything, okay? <laughs> Stay-at-home moms, this might have been you. Have you ever felt like striking your coworker at work? No. You're... Nope, nobody. Okay, cool. Uh, and then 18% of workers have experienced some sort of threat or verbal intimidation in the past year. As I, as I studied through this and thought about work-related stress and finding, finding a solution for you um, to, to all this, what I found is that really the solution is actually pretty simple, but it's sometimes hard to do. Like that's sometimes what we have to face in life. And so you can, you can really apply this solution to um, a whole lot of areas in your life. Um, if, you're, if you're taking notes, you, you might have noticed this. Have you guys ever heard that song, take this job and shove it? Well, today the message is titled, take this job and love it. We're going to learn how we can love our jobs today. I want to show that to you. You can be in the middle of turmoil, of pressure, of chaos, and you can still have peace. It's possible that you can still have peace in the middle of that. In fact, the Bible promises it. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You're going to encounter trouble. You're going to have stress. You're going to have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because Jesus said, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have stress. But hey, I, I've dealt with them, and I'm going to give you the way to deal with them. Jesus never promised it was going to go away, um, because I know that's what you really want, right? Right? Like, like, give me, a, Pastor, give me a scripture on how to get rid of my boss, or, or, give me a scripture on how to make that annoying coworker go away. And guys, I'm sorry to tell you, there are no promises like that in the Bible. Okay. It's not there. I've looked, I've looked harder than, than you might have looked for you. But the promises of scripture is that there is a peace in the middle of your stress. There is peace in the middle of stress. There is not the elimination of Stress, And so some people see God, you know, as this like celestial vending machine that you put a quarter in and, and he gives you what you want. But, but, but God doesn't work like that. 
that God, God says, I'm going to be with you in the middle of your pain. I'm going to be with you in the middle of your hurt. I'm going to be with you in the middle of your stress and your trouble. And I'll show you how to, in the middle of that, have peace and joy. Not separated from, but accompanied in. And so what I'm going to share with you today is the solution to all your work-related stress. And this is really a powerful verse um, that, that's, that says in, in Colossians chapter 3, starting in the very first verse of it, says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ, and, and here it is, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your hearts and your minds on something that's above and not on the cares of this world. So if you wake up in the morning and you think about how um, everything is going wrong, everything's going bad, and, and you're grumpy and you're going to work, and you're, I promise you if you wake up grumpy, if you wake up like dreading work, your day's only going to get worse from there. It's only going to get worse. But if you will start your day setting your heart and your mind on the right place, I promise you that your stress level is going to go down. Um, Try this. Watch how how true it is that if you wake up with a thankful heart, a thankful mind, setting your mind and your heart on things above, your stress level is going to go down. The odd thing about this is that as you you start your day this way, it 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 only lasts for a day. Okay, it's like, okay, you're good. You're good until you go to sleep. And then when you go to sleep, it's like, you got to do it all over again the next day. It's a continual thing that I believe that maybe God programmed that part of us like a coach so that we have to continually wake up and acknowledge him and lean on him to, to, to get through the day with joy and with peace. So every day we have to reset our hearts and we have to reset our minds onto the right place. Daily, I want you to do this. I want you to put on a fresh attitude. Here's the solution. Put on a fresh perspective. Every single day, put on a fresh perspective. This is the only solution that I could find for the stress that you, that you face throughout the day. This is the only thing I could find. Is you've got to truly, truly every bit of it is found in your perspective. How are you looking at life? It's all about how you view life and, and the world around you. And where your mind and your heart are in the middle of that thing, whatever you think is how you're going to live. Whatever you, your mind focuses on is how you're going to live. And the, the Bible will go on to say this in, in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. It, it goes on to say, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Everybody say, clothe yourself. So tomorrow you're going to wake up, you're going uh, to have your coffee, you're going to get in the shower, probably not at the same time, I don't know how you do it, but I've never drank coffee in the shower, but you're going to get up and you're going to have your coffee, you're going to get in the shower, you're going you're gonna to get dressed, but, but don't just get dressed physically, I want you to get dressed emotionally, I want you to get dressed mentally and spiritually, your soul has got to get dressed too. By the way, thank you for being dressed this morning. Just throwing that out there. Thank you for coming to church dressed. You know, we say, we, I like to joke here that um, we don't really have a dress code. We just ask that you wear something. You know what I mean? Like, 
We just ask that you put something on. Come on to church. But, but in the mornings, we got to clothe ourselves, not just physically. We've got to clothe our soul as well. The Bible goes on to say, bear with each other. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. It's all about, you know what, I'm going to recognize what, what's going on in my life. And then when I realize how much God's forgiven me, I can, I can forgive. This is for your bosses. This is for your coworkers. Like, you just got to realize how bad off you are. <laughs> and then it's a lot easier to, to forgive them when they mess up on you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This has to be a daily decision of something that you put on. And that's it. That's it. That's, I, I don't have another solution for you. Um, but I promise this really works. Changing your perspective on your day it really works. If you're a Christian, this perspective shift is really going to help you. This is your solution. And so along with that perspective shift, I'm going to give you three principles that I believe are going to help your perspective um, and, and turn that, uh, and in turn reduce that work-related stress that is on your life. Okay, you guys ready for them? Number one, how to change your pers- you got to change your perspective here. Number one, you got to discover. I've got to discover my real purpose and make a difference with it. Discover my real purpose and make a difference with it. Discover your purpose and make sure that you're doing something at least weekly that's making an eternal difference in the life of someone else. It, I promise you, that it, it works. The happiest people that I know don't have a better husband or wife than you. They don't, the happiest people that I know don't necessarily have a better job than you. The happiest people I know don't have necessarily better finances than you. What they do have is they have something in their life that they're doing that is truly meaningful. They found what we call in, in the Christian world their calling in life. And you're, you're like... Well, that, that's just for preachers. That calling is just for preachers. No, it, it's not. It's not. The Bible says that every single one of you are called to do something in God's economy. Every single person that's sitting here today, God has called you to do something in his economy. The reason is not just so work gets done, right? Like, like yeah, that's going to happen. But it's even more powerful than that because not only is God's kingdom, like you're doing stuff and you're making a difference, but it's doing something on the inside of you as well. The whole time that you're living this out, it's doing something on the inside of you. See, even secular psychologists and sociologists have confirmed this, that the happiest people are the people that are doing something with their life that makes a real difference. I'll say it like this. A career gives you something to live on. A calling gives you something to live for. A career gives you something to live on. A calling gives you something to live for. And a lot of you don't have anything to live for. And so you're going to go to work tomorrow, and you're going to be stressed, and you're going to be unhappy, and you're going to already be wishing for Saturday. But, but what if, what if this? Okay, I'm going I'm to present a solution to you. What if you, you joined our team? 
They're called the crew, right? And I'm not, this isn't me just jumping up here trying to recruit you. This is me trying to say, hey, if you'll just do something in your life that's truly meaningful, you're going to watch your work-related stress kind of get, get smaller. It's going to shrink up. What if, you, what if you joined a team here at the church? We call them the crew. What if you, what if you joined the crew and you served people every other week? You saw their lives changed and you went to bed knowing that your life has made an eternal difference in someone else's life. I promise what's going to happen is this, that you're going to, you're, you aren't going to bed thinking about the bad anymore you're, because, because I, you know your life is doing something that matters. It's changing your perspective. You're able to see lives changed and, and know that you're living for something greater. See, like, it's great when your calling and your career can be the same thing, for, but for the, most of us, that's not the case. It's just, it's just not. It just can't, it doesn't work like that. So you've got to have both. You've got to have your career, and then you've got to have what you're called to do. And you're called to do something. Each one of us are called to reach people with, with the gospel of Jesus, but each one of us are called to do that in a different way. So it... it The, one, of the, one of the most famous um, people in your New Testament, other than Jesus, probably the most famous new, uh, person in your New Testament, his name is the Apostle Paul. He actually had a different job other than ministry, other than his calling. He said this about his life in Acts chapter 20. He said, Now I do know that it won't be a picnic. For the Holy Spirit has let me know repeatedly and clearly that there are hard times and imprisonment ahead. (laughs) But that matters little. Now, how did Paul get from this, this life full of stress? I know it's not going to be a picnic. It's going to be hard times ahead. But that doesn't really matter. How did Paul get from that to... How did, how did Paul get from this stressful life to, eh, I can overlook it. it. It doesn't really bother me. He goes on to say, what, what matters most to me is to finish what God started, the job the Master Jesus gave me, of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. Paul said the, the, the key to him being able to overlook all the stress was that he knew the job that Jesus had given him. He knew his calling. And he was able to lean on it in times of, of stress. He was able to know that what he was doing, it was worth it. Because he's making a difference. <coughs> so when I say to you, join the crew, it's not so our church is going to run better. Uh, that's going to happen. But that's not my motivation in this. My heart's desire is for you that once you start a relationship with God, then you're going to connect to the purpose that he has for your life. It's going to help other people, but it's going to do something on the inside of you. It's going to help shift your perspective. Then number two, principle number two here, to change our per- perspective, you've got to realize that my, my vocation is my ministry location. My vocation is my ministry location. You've got to realize that there is an amazing opportunity Stay-at-home moms, students, people on the job, your vocation, what you do, eight to five every single day, that can be your ministry location. (coughs) 
If you'll go into the job not thinking I'm here to punch my time card and go home or just finish this exam or, or just whatever I do until the spouse comes home, if you realize that where you are is your ministry, things are going to look so much better for you. I told, the, I told you the Apostle Paul, he had a, he had a secular job. And, and here it is in Acts chapter 18. He writes this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And there he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Guys, Paul was a gospel writer. Like Paul was one of the people that the Holy Spirit inspired to write the, a majority of your New Testament. He was an apostle to the churches. He was a church planter, but he also built tents. And so I promise you, I promise you that Paul wasn't super excited about building tents. Why? Because this was the only time he ever talked about it. Right here. He wasn't super excited about it. And so he did his job, he, but he did it knowing that he had an opportunity to minister to Aquila and Priscilla on the job. And then after he did his nine to five and ministered to those two, he went to church on Sunday and he reasoned with the Jews and the Greeks there. In words, Paul saw every place that he was as an opportunity. Every single place he went, he said, hey, this is, an, this is a ministry location. This is an opportunity. It didn't matter where he was. What would it be like if we recognized even our places of employment as opportunities for us to minister to people? What if you went around and spread joy to people? Maybe in the form of some Daddy's donuts, you know what I mean? Somebody holla. And ask them, hey, pray for you. How can I pray for you this week? I promise that work-related stress is going to quickly turn into your ministry location. Turn your vocation into a ministry location. But Pastor Michael, I really don't know how to do it. It seems pretty hard. It's not. It's pretty simple. Here's what you do. You find a need and you fill it. You find a hurt and you heal it. It's that simple. You just find what people need and find where they're hurting and provide it for people. And half the time, you know all that is? Listening. Half the time it's just listening to people. People just want somebody to listen to them. Try doing this and watch your miserable 95 turn into something amazing because you can start throwing some ministry in the middle of it. Can I tell you something? We can't just do ministry here at Summit View Church. Praise God for all the crew members making coffee, taking care of your kids. Praise God for them. But listen, the best ministry takes place on the outside of these walls. The nine to five throughout the week, not just in the church. The best ministry is happening after this. You got to bring the light of Jesus to your workplaces got to bring the light of Jesus to your home because the Bible says, Jesus said, let your light shine before other men that they may see the good works that you do and then give glory to my Father in heaven. The little things that you are, are doing to let your light shine, 
That's going to be, that's, that's causing people to get drawn in, to get drawn into the Father. You've got you to realize that your location, or your vocation is your ministry location. Then finally, number three, number three, work for God, not people. You've got to work for God, not people. Ultimately, you only have one person to please in this life. You, just, you only have one, and it's not other people. You know, um, I've got to take this, I've got to take this position when it comes to, to pastoring. It's, it's so easy in the position that I'm in for it to matter too much, and I'm saying this with the best of intentions. It's so easy for me to, for it to matter too much what you guys think. Like, because... Because in the end of the day, I love you, but at the end of the day, I don't stand before you at the end of my life. I've got to stand before God and I have to answer to him for what my life has, has attributed to here on this earth. And, and listen, that's not just for me. The same is true for you. Like, you aren't here to please people with your life. You're here to please God. That doesn't mean go around and, and make a mess of it either, though. You know, don't make a mess of those relationships. But you're here in, 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 the, in the very end of time. You're going to be standing before one person. And, and you got to know you've been working for him this whole time. You have been working for, for other people. And I want to read you this next verse in Colossians 3. This, this whole message, honestly, this whole message is founded on these couple of verses, that it could begin and end on these. It says, whatever you do, work with it, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Guys, listen. I've got to stand before God for September 25th, right here today. Listen to me. Stop thinking about yesterday. It's done. It's over. Jesus paid for it. Be free from that. Stop thinking too much about the next day. It's coming, but it's not here yet. Don't go there. Don't loan your emotions to a place where you're not even at yet. Today, my focus isn't on yesterday and I'm not promised tomorrow. Guys, I may not even be here tomorrow. Who knows? But today, I'm focused on moving as many people as possible one step closer to Jesus and doing everything that I can do so that when you leave here, when you leave church today, you can say, I am so glad that I went. I'm so glad that I went to church today. And you can wake up tomorrow a changed person. I promise you, I'm gonna give you my best every single Sunday. And when I leave here today, the family's about to go to a pumpkin patch. And this weather is amazing, and we're going to have an amazing time. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give my best to them. When I'm in that moment, I'm going to, I'm going to be present with them in that moment. And this day is going to be a day that somebody is going to remember. Everything that I do, I'm going to give my best to it. Why? Because one day I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to, and I'm going to, he's going to ask me, hey, what'd you do with September 25th? 
And I want to stand before him and I want to say, I did my best. I gave my best. And I hope you can do that too. Because September 25th, one day you're going to be standing before God and he's going to say, what did you do with September 25th? I hope you can say, my best. I gave it everything I had. And, and you know what? I hope, I hope that you can say the same about your work week too. Because you're not working for people. You're working for God. I want you to take this perspective. Take your eyes off of that mean coworker. Take your eyes off of that terrible boss. And do all of it for the Lord. I don't care if you're sweeping up the horse stables. Do it for God. Do your best job because you're not working for people. Because you're working for God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 24 says this. That it is the Lord Christ you're serving. You're serving God. When you're going about your day to day. Mamas when you're taking care of those babies. Husbands when you're, when you're trying to bear that load for your family. Every bit of that you're doing for God. You're doing it as one that is working for God. He's appointed you in that task. So what do I do? Here's what I want you to do. Today, live as if this day is going to be remembered. Live as if today will be remembered. And I promise you that perspective is going to reduce your stress at work. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.